Welcome to the Brains Magazine podcast, a podcast with in-depth interviews and conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, expert coaches, industry leaders, and international celebrities. Get exclusive insight into the world of business, mindset, leadership, and lifestyle with your host, Mark Sefton. want to welcome you to the next episode of the Brains Magazine podcast. And today we have Cheryl Marquez. Cheryl is a transformational coach. She's also the founder of Cheryl Marquez, is committed to empowering divorced women. How are you today, Cheryl? I'm exceptional, Mark. How are you? I'm good. I can't, I'm not as good as exceptional. So... <laughs> Maybe by the end of this podcast, your exceptional energy will have moved me from good to exceptional. Are you, are you ready for the challenge? Absolutely. Yes. And and I'll take it to another level. I guarantee that you're going to feel a lot better, exceptional Oof. even. Oh, I love that. Did you have a um, good Christmas, good holidays? I had a wonderful Christmas and holiday, actually. Um it was slightly hectic. I'm a last minute shopper. I have a lot more important things to do. I do not like to shop. So my sister laughs at me because she's like, you're such a Grinch. I'm like, I'm generous, but I just don't like the madness of the shopping and the this and the that. So I ended up bagging 95% of my gifts, meaning rather than wrapping it, I just threw it in a bag and I stuffed it with paper. That's the best I could do. Wow. Well, if it's the best you can do, that's yeah. okay. I was actually, I did most of mine before the first week of December because I'm, I'm Mr. Organized. Wow. Okay. Well, perhaps you can give me some of that. Um, I'm, pretty, I'm organized. It's the shopping part that I really am resistant to. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because you said you, because of how hectic and crazy it is, right? Which is typically why I get it done early because I can't be doing with the crowds either. Mm -hmm. So while other people are kind of like just getting over Thanksgiving in your, in your case, then, you know, for me, it's like, I'm very much just getting Christmas done. Rolled right in. What I did get done though, Mark, is my decorations. I have my kids definitely want them to get in the Christmas spirit. However, me in the background, I'm like, bah, humbug. Now I got to go to the freaking, you know, like mall, which I, again, I only, I shop for necessities. Yeah, absolutely. Now, obviously this time of year, Cheryl, is is quite triggering. And obviously a a big portion, I think, of what we'll focus on today is is around divorce because it's something that you you do. And obviously I can speak from my own personal experience as well, uh, being being somebody who's been divorced. But for a lot of people, this time of year is quite triggering, isn't it? It is, absolutely, yes. It just kind of, um, it emphasizes what you, quote unquote, no longer have. The traditions, the, the togetherness, you know, that um, family unit. That's yeah, what I, it exacerbates, yes. Yeah, and I think that a lot of a lot of people and a lot of us in, in this world, we do grieve uh, the things that we used to have. It's the things that are absent, which is where there's a bit of transition that needs to take place. That's absolutely correct. It's a, it's a huge transition. And here's the thing, though, Mark. We're not taught to 
love your own company, we're not taught to focus on the things that are going right. It's it's just, it's the loss. And, and there's definitely many layers to the grieving process. And I'm sure you went through this as well when you, you know, went through your own divorce and just the change. It's for me, I was married for 13 years and family and tradition is just ingrained in my DNA. So to to change that and to not have my children was just really earth shattering for me. Mm, yeah. How are you then going about helping and empowering divorced women? What what are you doing at the moment and what have you been doing that has really been empowering women in particular? You know, interestingly enough, I just had a conversation. I worked out earlier this morning um, and it's only eight o'clock my time here in Los Angeles, but I took a 5.15 a.m. class. I'm one of those crazy people that will take a high intensity <laughs> class. That's what I'm telling you. You're going to be totally um, exceptional after this because you will have no choice. <laughs> um, so I was speaking to this lady earlier. I come, I complimented her on her Dodger sweater and she's like, Oh, you know what? I'm going to give you one. Um, I got this from my, my work and I have like three extra and I'm like, Oh my gosh, how kind of you. So she just, it, it, it seems like a lot of people just needs another person to talk to sometimes because she was really a huge, um, you know, uh, she was very, very open. So let me just uh, speed this up. So she got to telling me about her kids and her husband and how she had to go to therapy because her biggest thing is, is loving herself and how she is the last person on her list and she felt very depleted, but she's learning. And so that's why she asked me how, like, have you started, you know, when did you start going to these classes? And for, and she was telling me her story that it's the only thing that she has ever done for herself. And for, and, and so I told her, you know, it honestly stems, everything stems from self-love because you show people how to treat you based on how you treat yourself. And that's, critical especially for women and all of the different hats that we wear and that society and our environment and our upbringing and our culture has told us we have to be x y and z and we have to do it perfectly and so that's where the that's where the downfall is for a lot of women where we cannot possibly maintain all of these different hats in the most perfect way and what also doesn't help is how we're seeing perfection everywhere we turn. That's why when I went through my divorce process, I was not a, a big poster anyway on um, Insta like on social media. I, I had an account to keep in touch with my family, but even then I completely deleted. I, I just fell off the face of the planet. So going back to what um, your question was, so for me, empowering right at the moment, the theme is truly self-love because that's where it starts. Our mm. inner world, our, our external world is a reflection of our inner world and everything falls into place from there. Mm. Yeah, very good. Um, something that really stood out to me is when you said uh, this lady gave you a, a Dodgers uh, a sweater, because she had extra. Um, it's interesting, isn't it? Because sometimes we do naturally feel better when we do good 
to someone else. And sometimes, uh, I mean, one of my favorite proverbs is he who refreshes others will be refreshed. So even even though it feels like a win for you because you've got a sweater, I'd imagine it's more of a win for for the for the lady that gave it to you because often, especially if we are struggling with self love, sometimes actually the way to love ourselves is when we love somebody else. It it of course there always has to be those moments, doesn't there, where we are kind to ourselves, we're empathetic and compassionate, but also we also f- refresh ourselves by refreshing somebody else. I could not agree more. And and that's the same thing when it comes to business and impact. I'm I'm hyper focused on the impact that I make and the different lives that I that I touch with my messaging. And a lot of people that I know they're saying, Cheryl, you're what you're giving is gold. You you need to start charging for these things, you know? But I said, guys, I don't believe in that. I, I want to give more value than what I'm paid to do. And, and mm-hmm. when I focus on my impact, that's when it's just incredible how everything opens up, just the opportunities come my way. So I've always been focused on the actual person and helping them change and shift their lives in the way that that is right for them. And then and then everything comes from there. Mm. You talk about self-love, and this is the way that you're empowering divorced women in particular. How, how are you loving yourself, Shrill? If you're if you're teaching others, then what are you doing that is pouring love into self? That is a, an exceptional question because even though I am helping other women see themselves for the truth of who they are, which is this powerful and embodied woman, I myself have those times where. I'm like, okay, you know what? You had a little too many holiday um, <laughs> holiday treats. And, you know, so I dealt with 20 years of body dysmorphia, Mark. And I still have those times when I look at myself and I'm picking at myself. However, it's gotten, gosh, 98% better. It's still that 2% when I know that I'm judging myself from, a different lens, not compassion, not self-love. So for me, my intention is to just wholeheartedly, fully accept myself exactly as I am more. I don't want that 2%, but of course it's going to be there. Maybe sometimes it's 5%, sometimes it's 10%. It's definitely not where I was. Mm -hmm. And the beautiful part about that particular journey, how I healed from body dysmorphia of, of 20 years, it was actually an accident. I was, this was years ago when I had gained 28 pounds in eight months after my divorce. I had no idea that I, you know, the cortisol and everything else was triggering me to nonstop eat. And also the type of food that I was really into, which are chips, represented my emotional state at that moment in time, which was anger. I read a book. Um, eating in light of the moon, something like that. And so I like the chewing represented anger and frustration as I was going through the the paperwork and the divorce process. I had a certain outcome. My ex-husband was still living here as he was getting his own setup done. And for me to to have the stability for the children, I allowed him to stay here and I would leave. So it was just Personally, I took in a lot of toxicity because I refused to 
already disrupt my children's lives any more than it already has with the news. Mm. So that's that's how I deal with with the self self love right now is I'm really focused on wholeheartedly accepting myself, mm. and even then my intuition saying Cheryl you're telling these women to love themselves wholeheartedly and you're connecting them to the truth of who they are you need to do that for yourself and I do forget sometimes because I'm so focused on other people. Oh, it's always easier to help others than ourselves. It's like I have too many friends that say to me, Mark, what would you say to one of your clients if you, and it's like, you know, it's like painful, isn't it? Because it's like, we're great at helping everybody else, but are we as good at helping ourselves, which is typically why we need good people around us because none of us are exempt, you know, and you can't see the picture when you're in the frame. You know, there's certain limitations that you just, you know, you have to accept, you know, the help of somebody else. Um, and that's sometimes a painful lesson. That's right. Cheryl, how, how have you overcome a devastating divorce while raising two boys? How have you done it? What What would you, obviously it's quite a loaded question, but if you were to put like, uh, a clothes hanger on each of those things that you really feel have been pointers, whether it was a mindset shift, whether it was uh, an experience, whether it was somebody else helping, like, can you pinpoint maybe a couple of things that were like real strong pillars for you? Absolutely. Um, first is there's two parts of forgiveness. I thought I had forgiven immediately because I'm a very big believer that life is always working out for us and that there's a lesson in everything. And so for me, I accepted the fact that this is where the road ended for my ex-husband and I, and that's how it had to go down because I'm a ride or die. I will go down with the ship, but I will not deal with betrayal because, and you and I had spoken about this, I know myself, I knew myself well enough to know that I would not be a present mom. I would not be a happy mom. And the only thing I can possibly do in my existence in this lifetime is to be the best mom I can be. That's my goal. So with that being said, I thought I had forgiven my ex-husband because you know, forgiveness is not for the other person, it's for you and all the different words that we hear and we, but here's the thing, I was still resentful and I didn't realize that until maybe, gosh, two years later from that moment when I decided immediately, okay, this is how it went down. I forgive. It's for, you know, I wanted to feel as I want to feel good, Mark. That's the bottom line. So if forgiveness is how it's going it to is what has to happen in order for me to feel good, then I'm going to do that. But it, it wasn't enough. I needed to let go of resentment. So forgiveness is two parts. Yes, forgive the other person. It's for you. And number two is watch your words. Because if your words is still rooted in blame, I remember when I'm tired having to do the single mom life, pick up, drop off. I'm spread thin. I'm providing fully for my children. I'm blaming him saying, well, you know, if he did, like, if he was more present or if he did this or if he did that, wait a second. So I learned based on the words I was using. And as soon as I did that, I'm telling you, Mark, my gosh, my whole being shifted. 
Mm. And I focused on myself. I focused mm. all that energy that I didn't even realize I was putting into the blame, the resentment. And I, I focused that on me. And mm. that's when quantum leaping my life from that moment on. Mm. How do we let but go of resentment? How do we let go of it, though? Acceptance. Acceptance. True acceptance. Yeah. True acceptance that you did the best that you could. And so did the other person. And that's where the road ended. And for me, I, I use quantum physics and metaphysics. I'm also certified in, in um, hypnosis. So I have that, you know, I have that knowing as well that there are soul contracts and that's my belief. And this is what we signed up for. And when people say you are the character, the director, the um, actor in in your life movies and everyone else's just, they don't really know what that means. Mm. That's what it means. Soul contract. That's exactly what it means is that mm. everyone signed up for a particular role in your life for your soul's highest good. And you guys got to work in this lifetime. And because I knew that it, it made it a little bit easier easier to understand and grasp but not necessarily to actually take the steps because you have to grieve there is a grieving process hmm. what do you see as the like the main needs people have when going through a divorce but can you be a little more like main needs um as far as yeah because uh, i mean when often when we go through a divorce in most cases we probably haven't experienced that outcome before. So obviously for me, I remember even though I was the one who made the decision, I still cried for six months straight, like every day, because again, it's, it's grieving for the things that you once had. Nobody intentionally divorces, you know, there's obviously fallout and reason. There's always context, but what do you see as like the main re like main needs that people need to be mindful of when they go through something like a divorce? I can definitely speak for myself because I'm tough. I'm a survivor. I grew up um, from a, a really rough home after I immigrated here from the Philippines. And so I, I ran away at 18. So I know how to survive. And I thought that, okay, you know what? I'm not dealing with betrayal. Absolutely not. I, my kids deserve more. I deserve more. Hell no. I thought I was going to one, two, three, this thing. I threw everything away. I already like listed. I mean, that day, 24 hours, I listed my, my ring. Uh, I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to obviously throw that away. Hello. <laughs> I'm going to sell that. And I threw away all of the memories and I'm like, nope, I'm done with it. It took me a month to actually start to feel like, wait a second, I cannot just one, two, three, this thing. What, like, what are these feelings? I didn't even know what depression felt like because I'm a very happy person. The only way I could articulate it was, oh my gosh, I I feel like I lost my mojo and there's like a, a cloud hanging over me. What is that? And some of my friends were like, kind of wondering like, are you a freaking robot? Where, where are the feelings? Where's the emotion? Mm. It's going to hit you guys. It will hit you and you have to allow for it and you have to sit with it. And there is an undoing of layers 
Mm. Even though you don't don't blame yourself, even though you know that you deserve better, there is still going to be a process. Mm -hmm. There's no way around it. And the only way to heal it is to feel it. Mm. That's what you need to know. Yeah. Um, you know, when, and again, I always feel like it's helpful when we talk from our own experience because it just gives context and more of a flow. But I know that, like, for me, I've never been suicidal, right, Cheryl, but I remember a couple of times where I was just like, I just want, like, this fallout to stop. It was like I, mm -hmm. I wanted to kind of exit my own body i didn't want to end my life but it's just like can we just have a, a moment where i'm not having to like concern myself or, or be concerned with how my children are and just for you know things just to at least just pause now how do we redefine post-divorce narratives because there's a lot that goes on in our head in those quiet moments you know for six months like i said i i cried and obviously had a lot of uh, thoughts about you know why did this happen what could I have done differently you know it could be anything from blame of the other person to to self-blame and all those things in between but how do we actually redefine uh, our post-divorce narratives so that we're not hemorrhaging and self-harming I could not uh, pose a better question Mark and um, in fact the the First and foremost thing that we have to do is to, again, I've said this before, accept that this is what happened. And when you come from a place of acceptance, even though you don't agree with it, it shifts your mindset saying, you know what, I know I could have done better or I did the best I could, but if I don't accept my situation right now, I'm just going to be spinning my wheels, going through all of the different ways I could have done things differently, all of the different scenarios. Well, guess what, guys, unless unless you and your maybe, you know, soon to be ex-spouse agree to work on your relationship and go from there, well, you need to focus and start to move your life forward. And the first thing to do is to just have a level of acceptance that this is where you're at and you move on from there. However, that looks like for you, one small thing at a time. For me, I wanted to just like you, you wanted to just get out of your body. I wanted it to end. I wanted the pain to end. I felt like my soul was being was being split like not my soul but my body like I, I could not expand or take any more pain or burden or hurt or suffering mm -hmm. and I thought the new year's coming soon I thought every year the new year I'm gonna be okay this is this is the the year my life's gonna get better this is the year my life's gonna get better no you can't it, it will just all come together, all the work that you do, all the acceptance, all the releasing of the resentment, all the self-love, it will all come together when you least expect it and boom. Wow, I feel really good. I feel light. Mm. And that's when you start to see the light at the end of the tunnel, but you cannot put a timeline on it. Mm. Good, that's good. I, again, 
you're talking about acceptance. It's it's been one of the things that I've really tried to embrace myself. Radical acceptance, accepting yes. things exactly as they are, even if it's not what I want, which I find excruciating at times because you know, for me, I always think there's a solution to everything. I'm a big believer of knowing what I want and going to get it. So when you're in a situation where you don't get to choose and you either have to grumble and fight and have a hissy fit, or like you said, you have to accept, which isn't always easy, but it, sometimes it's the only way to find freedom. That's correct, Mark. Absolutely. In any situation, acceptance, yeah. you can do the best that you can. But see, here's the other thing, too. When you give something your best, and I know I gave my marriage my best for for what I knew, of course, there's room for improvement. But man, like I said, I was willing to go down with the ship. I did the marriage counseling. I did the this, I did the that. So yes, I'm going to accept where I'm at. I, per, I'm not, I apparently, I wasn't enough. And you know, that's a hard pill to swallow. Betrayal. Yeah. Holy moly. Yeah. It, it killed my confidence and self-esteem. Yeah. Oh gosh, it's just, it, it's really insidious too. You don't mm. realize how destructive something like that is until parts of you, even though you thought you healed, part, there's a light that, that, you know, shines on that still unhealed part. And only when you're in a particular situation, you can't plan for it. And the thing with acceptance too, why it's so hard, Mark, is because we have to release control. Mm. Here's one of my favorite quote. My fav one of my favorite quotes from Eckhart Tolle is he says, um, "Accept the present moment as if you have chosen it. Work with it, not against it. And when you do that, your life will profoundly change." Acceptance mm -hmm. and and listening to him and listening to all these other who I call my guides, living or not living. YouTube was my best friend. <laughs> it helped. It mm -hmm. just that's I was just so consumed with figuring out how the hell am I going to make myself feel better? Because mm. unfortunately therapy didn't do it for me. Three mm. different therapists, mm. some, but not enough. Why, why do you believe that it's important that when you hit rock bottom, that, that you go within, why, why is that important that when things are tough uh, and we hit that, that rock bottom place that we look within? Well, I think that even before we hit rock bottom, we should always be turning in mm -hmm. because our higher self always knows the best thing for us. And when I take my clients through the hypnosis process, I'm a guide. And what I do, the ultimate goal is to connect them with their higher selves. That's the ultimate goal. The higher self knows everything there is to know about you, not in that just in this lifetime, but in all the lifetimes. So more importantly, when we do hit rock bottom, there is nowhere else to turn. And even people, our family, our friends with the best intentions, they can only see, they can only take us as far as they can take themselves. And that's why when I'm helping my clients, when I'm talking to them, I have them take a good look at the people around them. Even like, especially your best friends, or let's say your mom, your dad, your sister, whoever it is that's closest to you, they're giving you advice based on their own life views and perception, which could be very dangerous. Mm. So turning within and, and silencing the noise and putting your blinders on, getting off of social media, 
really being discerning how you spend your time and who you spend your time with, what you listen to, what you watch, mm -hmm. all of that, all of that comes together. And it's a beautiful thing, the process of reinventing ourselves. Mm. But be careful because who is it that's influencing you? Mm. What is it that's influencing you in this process? You're mm. a blank canvas right now. Mm. You're literally rebuilding. Mm. So turning in deep within and spending time in nature, just being quiet. Mm. I, yes. So that's that's why that's critical. Mm. We've only got a few minutes left, but I've still got a couple of questions I want to get get to you with um january obviously sees uh more separation than any other month in the calendar year and obviously we already said at the start that this sort of time's quite triggering what is your top like piece of advice for anybody who's about to go through this journey of separation and divorce i'm going to go back to the other theme which is self-love that is the only way that you're going to be able to get through anything in life, especially anything as, as hard as a divorce. If you don't love yourself, you're going to start to blame. You're going to start to destroy the very little self-esteem and confidence you do have. Mm. It goes hand in hand with acceptance because it's radical self-love, radical mm. self-acceptance. Mm. That, that needs to be your guiding light mm. into something as, as difficult as a divorce and anything in life that you have to go through. If you love yourself, if you, if you accept yourself exactly the way that you are wholeheartedly, it's a lot easier to deal with whatever it is that you're dealing because you know you're going to give it your best. Mm. You know you're going to do your best. And that's where I would start with. Yeah, I think relationship with self is so crucial because none of us can escape ourselves. We're the one with the one guarantee that is always going to be there. Right. We can't jump out of our bodies. So therefore, we have to remember that we belong to ourselves first before we belong to anybody else. We have to turn up for ourselves before we expect anybody else to turn up for us. And we have to come for ourselves because, you know, sometimes when we're waiting uh, for somebody else to do it, we're going to be waiting a little while. And we've got to find that, haven't we? Which comes through self-love, self-respect, self-compassion. We've got to be better at relating to ourselves. That's correct. Yes. And I'm I'm very big on, I don't know if I'll ever reach it in this lifetime or who knows, but self-mastery. Mastering yourself. Yeah. Whatever that means for you. Yeah. Right, my last question before I uh, ask you to share how people can get in touch with you and maybe if you'd share one last thing that maybe is burning that we haven't talked about but you're passionate about or maybe intuitively feel like you need to share. But one thing I always like to ask, uh, especially when it's around divorce and especially if there's children involved, why is it important that we don't use children as as weapons to punish the other partner? Because it's I see it. Uh, and it's only the child that 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 suffers. But I love this, Mark. Yes, and you know, as you were, I'm listening to what you said. I love that you said weapon because, gosh, you know, the the only the 
it's so sad when I see this. And here's the problem. Us adults, we're carrying all the crap that we have been conditioned to 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 believe in our name our and you know our culture our environment we're told to do this and do that so for kids they're going to grow up with all of that hurt and all of that baggage and they're not your damn therapist they're not your transformational coach that's not their problem they're already dealing with the fact that their life has turned upside down with whatever the divorce is so as much as humanly possible save it for somebody else's ear hopefully it's it's a group or if it's you know a, a friend or a family member that's there for you but your children are not to be used for that reason your children need stability and just because there is a, a divorce in a family that does not translate into broken children. My children are not broken. My children will be better men. Mm. They will, and I'm a single mom. I am the mom and the dad, but it is how you show up for them. Mm. I I did my best. That's why I gained all that weight. I did my best not to talk shit about their dad, mm. which I I did. I might've slipped, you know, here and there. I'm only human, but I'm, I was very cognizant of that. I did not want my children carrying that burden. It's not their fault. Mm. It's so true that it isn't their fault. Um, but it's sad, isn't it? When, and it's interesting. And I could talk. We could do a whole podcast on on just this one on mm -hmm. just this one factor here, um, because there's challenges for both the the mother and the father. Uh, the mother, because typically she is the primary caregiver, so she's exhausted. And from my point of view as a father, my ex-wife deserves a, deserves a break. So I'll have my children as much as I can. Uh, and I sometimes say to my kids, you know, uh, come spend some time with me because, you know, your mom does deserve a break. So, you know, I have that attitude. Now, the challenge for, for the man is the fact that if the children live with the mom, uh, the mother does not know what it's like for a father to ask to see his own kids. Like mm. that is a really like difficult, like thing to, to navigate. So sometimes I feel like these things are what we need to be talking about because, right. you know, as a father where my kids don't live with me, but uh, I believe they're best placed with, with their mother because of what she can give to them uh, and the fact of keeping them all together. You know, for me as the father, it's not always easy to ask like permission to see my own kids. You should not have to. You should not have to, Mark. You know, um, I think there's something to be said about the dads that do step up. And and yes, my focus is divorced women because that's where I was. And that's, you know, that's my experience. But the dads that are actually holding it down and that are doing the right thing, they, they also deserve to be celebrated. Yeah. And so if whoever's listening here if your kids want to spend time with the other parent let them mm. don't hold that against them that you're less than no they're gonna figure it out i promise you i promise you they will figure it out they will see and how is because you need to be that example yeah. you need to lead by example especially if they're with you most of the time my kids are with me 100 percent of the time yeah and when they want to go see their dad Absolutely, buddy. Even though it hurts me, it's Christmas. I want my children with me, even yeah. though it's New Year. Of course, babe, whatever you want. 
I'm crying off to the side, but it's not about me. It's about them. I want to give them an opportunity to be empowered. I want to give them an opportunity to feel heard and seen and respected. That's what children need. Exactly. Exactly right. But just to say, my ex-wife does give me permission. I guess maybe it's the way I, I worded it. Just, uh, just wanted to make sure that I was. Oh yes, I'm sorry, Mark. It's not about. Yes, I'm. I'm talking about just in general. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Okay, Cheryl. So, is there is there anything intuitively that you feel like you want to share before we end this, and then let people know how people can find out more about you and your work? Okay, Um, I just want to let the ladies know that's listening that. You, I, I, I just, I wish you could see yourself through the eyes of somebody that truly loves you. If you're dealing with feeling less than, you're, you're lacking the confidence, the self-esteem with whatever happened to you, whether it's a divorce or a past breakup or somebody didn't, somebody impacted you and you're still holding onto it, let it go, guys. Mm. Let it go. Because you're just, you're just telling your body that that you are experiencing and reliving that situation all over again. You're you're keeping yourself stuck. And we need to get out of our own way. And how we start with that is just stop reinforcing the past. Mm-hmm. You're not there anymore. And your body doesn't know the difference. Neither does your subconscious mind. So it's going to give you more of what you're talking about. That's mm-hmm. very important. Mm-hmm. And how people can find me is uh, my website, CherylMarquez.com. I'm sure it will be spelled out. <laughs> and also Instagram is my main platform. Um, and I have an upcoming uh, workshop that I'll be doing, Biohacking Your Best Life After Divorce. I have a wait list, so you guys don't want to miss that. Sounds good. Well, it's been really good because sometimes I think, you know, we can have a conversation. It could be all nicey nicey uh and a little bit fluffy but but no like depth or, or reality and i think you know some of the things we've touched on today and and you sharing your own experience as well and actually giving practical help and the opportunity for people to reach out you know and you know work with you i think is is really important uh shuri Shuril. so thank you so much for uh today uh, joining me on today's uh, podcast uh, i've really appreciated uh your wisdom Uh, and your energy. And you're right. I do feel exceptional now. I love that, Mark. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining this episode with me, Mark Sefton. I hope you've really enjoyed it. Feel free to leave us a positive review on iTunes. And I look forward to welcoming you back to the next episode of the Brains Magazine podcast.